Welcome to Hymology on the Gospel Radio Network, a program sponsored by the Mars Hill Church of Christ, located at 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee, 37037. You may contact us by phone at 615-203-3637. If you would like more information about our congregation or this program, you may visit our website at www.marshillcoc.org. We invite you to join us every Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. right here on TGRN.org. And now, here is your host, Brother Kyle Webb. Welcome once again to Homology. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. I'm happy that you've joined our program for today. Our lesson for today is based on the song, Let the Lower Lights Be Burning, written by Philip P. Bliss. And as many of the songs that we have looked at, this is one that I'm very familiar with from all of my life, really, in in reference to the church. As we look at the, the history of this song, we find that it has a strong connection to It Is Well With My Soul that we looked at just a couple of weeks ago. And so if you haven't listened to that lesson, I would encourage you to go back into archives and and listen to that as well. Uh, The easiest way is through our website, marshillcoc.org. And under Resources, you can go to Audio and all the archives for Hymology can be found on that page. But as we look at this song in particular, let the lower lights be burning. Let's look first at its writer. The words and the music were written by Philip P. Bliss in 1871. Philip Paul Bliss was born in Clearfield County, Pennsylvania on July 9, 1838. And he died on December 19, 1876, near Ashtabula, Ohio. He was born in a log cabin and spent his early years working on the farm and in lumber camps. At age 12, he joined the Baptist Church near Elk Run, Pennsylvania. He received musical training from J.G. Towner, the father of D.B. Towner, He also attended a musical convention conducted by William B. Bradbury. He married Lucy J. Young in 1859 and began working for her father. In 1860, he became a professional music teacher. He sold his first song in 1864 and shortly after gave up teaching to become a singing evangelist. Of interesting note is his death. What follows is a quote from Hymns and History written by Forrest M. McCann. In 1876, following a revival meeting in Peoria, Illinois, he spent Christmas with his family in Rome, Pennsylvania, and then he and his wife left by train for a meeting in D.L. Moody's Tabernacle in Chicago. 
while the train was crossing a railway bridge near Ashtabula, Ohio, the bridge gave way. And Bliss's car plunged with several others into a ravine. The cars caught fire, and Bliss, having at first escaped from the wreckage, went back into the car to rescue his wife, where both perished in the flames. Bliss is known for writing other great songs, such as Wonderful Words of Life, Whosoever Will, I Will Sing of My Redeemer, It Is Well With My Soul, and More Holiness Give Me. As we look at this song in particular, we find that its inspiration comes from an illustration, a story that was told by Dwight L. Moody in sermon form. On a dark, stormy night, when the waves rolled like mountains and not a star was to be seen, a boat rocking and plunging near the Cleveland Harbor. Are you sure this is Cleveland? asked the captain seeing only one light from the lighthouse. Quite sure, sir, replied the pilot. Where are the lower lights? Gone out, sir. Can you make the harbor? We must, or perish, sir. And with a strong hand and a brave heart, the old pilot turned the wheel. But alas, in the darkness, he missed the channel, and with a crash upon the rocks, the boat was shivered, and many a life lost in a watery grave. Brethren, the master will take care of the great lighthouse. Let us keep the lower lights burning. As we look at this song, it is primarily about the lower lights. The, the significance of the lower lights might be a mystery to us. Oil-powered lower lights were placed away from the main lighthouse with the purpose of guiding ships through narrow channels and away from other obstacles at night. In Moody's illustration, the lower lights had gone out, and because the ship's captain was unable to see the obstacles ahead of them, they perished. In terms of Christianity... Christ is the main lighthouse. He is the great light. But individual Christians serve as lower lights, guiding the lost to Christ amidst a world of obstacles and darkness. Inciting sources here, Hymns and History, an annotated survey of sources is one that I use quite often, written by Forrest M. McCann, published in 1997 by ACU Press in Abilene, Texas. There are also a couple of websites that I use, and, and both of these had a great deal of information about this song, uh, both under the titles of Let the Lower Lights Be Burning. One is hymnary.org and also hymnstudiesblog.wordpress.com. And both are, are great sources of information in regard to hymns and songs. 
But let's turn our attention to the context and meaning of this song. We begin with stanza one. Brightly beams our Father's mercy from the lighthouse evermore. But to us, he gives the keeping of the lights along the shore. It is, of course, by God's mercy shown forth through his Son that we are saved. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. Ephesians 2, beginning with verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse 6, And raises us up together, and made us sit together in the, the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In Titus chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Of course, we understand that this is not by works of merit that we are saved. There's nothing that we can do to deserve salvation. But works of righteousness, works of obedience to God. And it's not our works that save us, although they are required of us in regard to our salvation. In Acts 2.38, Peter told the Jews on the day of Pentecost to repent and let every one of you, let each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. But it's not by our works that we are saved. It is by the grace of God. Brightly beams our Father's mercy from his lighthouse evermore. But to us he gives the keeping of the lights along the shore. As Christians, we are to shine as lights in the darkness of the world. Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless 
and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I believe that there is a way in which we are only reflecting the light of Christ, shining in and through us. We are reflecting that light to others who may see it and follow Him. But I also believe that there is a way in which we ourselves are individual lights, lighting the way for others to follow. There are some that might recognize the light that I shine. And there are others who may not see it at all. But I do believe that in some ways we are a light. And Jesus, of course, says you are the light of the world. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 1, Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. There is a way in which we each shine as lights, but we are, of course, reflecting the light of Christ in our lives. We are showing the example of Christ within us, and He is the one that others are to follow. We turn our attention to stanza two. Dark the night of sin has settled. Loud the angry billows roar. Eager eyes are watching, longing for the lights along the shore. Sin is often characterized in Scripture as darkness versus light. Ephesians chapter 5 is a good example of this. Ephesians 5 verses 8 through 14. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 5. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. 
dark the night of sin has settled. Loud the angry billows roar. The angry billows represent anything which may become obstacles for us as Christians. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 9 But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. 1 John 2 Verses 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. False teaching can become an obstacle for us if we believe false teaching. We have to know the truth in order to avoid false teaching of men. Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Desire for wealth and fame or anything else of great power and authority can be a harmful obstacle for us. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, the things that are in the world that are not of the Father. These things can become obstacles for us as Christians. Loud the angry billows roar. It is easy for us to be tempted and led away from Christ by these distractions and obstacles. Eager eyes are watching, longing for the lights along the shore. Souls are watching and longing for the light that will guide them to knowledge of Christ. Even if they don't realize exactly who He is or what He represents, they may not realize what it is that they are longing for. But eager eyes are watching, longing, realizing that something is not quite right in their lives. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 17 through 20. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. There are many 
who realize that something is missing and not quite right, but they have no idea who or what is missing. That is God. It is Christ. And as Christians, we are to guide them to the light that is in Christ by teaching and by our example. There's so many in the world who do not know God, and it's obvious. We can see it in their lives. Even if they don't see it, we see it. We see those that need God, and it is up to us to lead them in the right direction. Stanza three, trim your feeble lamp, my brother. Some poor sailor or seaman, tempest-tossed, trying now to make the harbor in the darkness may be lost. Many a sailor has been tossed and beaten by the waves of lust, temptation, and other various sins. James 1, verses 14 and 15. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Here we see the the progression of temptation into sin. When we allow that temptation to settle within us and we allow those desires to draw us away from God, desire gives birth to sin and sin becomes full grown within us and it brings forth death. Romans 3 and verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It is true that all have sinned. But when we turn to Christ, when we are obedient to His Word, when we are willing to repent and to change our lives, then we have our sins covered by the blood of Christ. And that's the message that we share with others, that their sins too can be covered by the blood of Christ. Emphasis is here made for all to trim our lamps in preparation for judgment. Christians trim their lamps in order to be ready to lead lost souls to Christ. But even those lost souls have a responsibility within themselves to look for the light and to see the light, and to allow themselves to be guided by that light. In Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, we have the parable of the foolish virgins. Matthew 25, verse 1, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins, who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise, and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us. 
and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Again, responsibility is not completely laid upon those who serve as lights, but also on those seeking these lights to follow them. We all must be prepared for judgment. And a final contrast between light and darkness. Let's look at Romans chapter 6, verses 22 through 23. But now, having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness, and the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let the lower lights be burning. Send a gleam across the wave. Some poor fainting, struggling seamen, you may rescue, you may save. May we always be the lower lights that guide the lost and daring to Christ. And may those around us see these necessary lights burning for them. Thank you for being with me today, and I look forward to being back with you another opportunity, Lord willing, next Tuesday at 11 a.m. as we study another hymn together. Thank you for being with me today, and until we meet again, may God continue to bless you.